Well, hello, everybody. This is a second episode today of the Tell Me About Your Tech Job podcast, uh, Thursday, July 20th, 2023, iTech 350, Summer 2023 Real World IT Seminar class. And um, I have a student, former student, uh, successful technology professional today. Um, one of the, the he's, he's a Cubs fan. Let's just go there. Um, somebody who was always fun to have in class because they had something, you know, um, something cool to say, something smart to say, something funny to say, uh, which makes teaching so much better. Um, and it has been good to uh, talk to you a few minutes before we get started. This is Marquise, and he graduated in 2020. Um, we were just talking a little bit about how things shifted and, and you being there when COVID first started and we went to online the very first semester. Maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that. But to get started, thank you for coming. I appreciate it a lot. And um, why don't you introduce yourself? Tell us you know, what, where you're from and, and what do you like to do for fun? Yeah, definitely. Thanks for all that time. And uh, like he said, I'm Marquise Johnson and I'm born and raised in Chicago, Illinois. And essentially, like, went to school here in the city, actually, where for high school at D. LaSalle, just in case anybody's, like, listening from there, because I know every once in a while we'll get, like, a straggler or two that uh, also comes out. And then went to school in Southern Illinois, and one of the things me and Tom both were talking about was, while, like, I felt like my SIUC experience was one of the ones that it was fun but also I felt like, you know, I kind of felt like we got robbed of an experience because I was like, our sports teams aren't necessarily the best. And then school pride events aren't necessarily like, you know, as big as you would see at like a Big Ten or SEC school. But the one thing that I could never like, you know, talk bad about was the instructors that I had and the friends that I met there and that I continue to keep like a relationship with. And much like Tom and I know Sism as another like instructor that I was just like, I love to keep in touch with just in general because they've done so much for me. And they made going into class that much more fun. And like, uh, it sucks that unfortunately that COVID had to hit like uh, during the final semester of like my senior year. So it's like, I kind of got robbed of the graduation as well. And like, you know, missing out on like those last like couple of months of like seeing what that would look like and then just, you know, finishing off. But ultimately uh, still like uh, in good health, thankfully. And I'm glad that like, you know, you guys have me here. And the things that I like to do for fun yeah. Essentially, I'm a big uh, live music person or just live events in general. So, like, uh, I've seen over 30 concerts and many different artists. And, like, I like every uh, type of music. Every once in a while, uh, country, uh, they have a song or two that it actually slip in there where I used to just hate it uh, altogether. <laughs> but uh, most recently, I saw Drake here in the United Center. And uh, at the time of this recording, like it hasn't happened yet, and I doubt that she watches, but like I'm surprised that my mom, man, we're gonna go to Adele in Vegas, and she's like a big Adele fan, so like I'm looking forward to that because I know that that's just gonna be like a spectacle itself. And then uh, I'm also one of those uh, Green Bay Packer fans that live in Chicago, so trying to go to one to two games this season and hoping for the best uh, with my team as they progress to like a new era. Awesome. Uh, so you're taking your mom to see Adele. Mm -hmm. That's really cool. Yeah. And like, uh, not gonna lie, the, the ticket prices hurt the, the first time like I bought it, but I was just like, it's an experience. And then it doubled as like a Mother's Day gift and like actual her birthday gift. So I was like, you know what, I could do this. And 
if anything, uh, she's more of like an experienced person more than she doesn't really care about like things. Yeah. Like she doesn't want a nice car, or, like all this stuff, like high tech, like stuff. I've learned that all of the hard way. So I was just like, I feel like this would be a really cool thing to just give to her. And I was like, can't wait to get the, that experience and the pictures from that. That's awesome. Um, what have you seen recently up in Chicago? Yeah, so far, uh, just this year, I had Drake, I have uh, Ed Sheeran next week, and then I also had um, 30 Seconds Tomorrow is the first week of August, and then I had John Mayer back in March. And so, like, pretty, like, spread out where it's been pretty sweet. And then I even got a chance to see, um, like, Harry Styles, like, last October, I believe it was. So it's just, like, a lot of like really good performers and like being able to see that that it's just one of those things where it makes the music that much better to me especially when like you know the performer actually like brings it and like you know gives you that energy and makes it worth your while and i it's one thing where i tell people all the time it's like i don't miss like uh the work in college but i do miss the free time that you know, but i was like we have the free time and no money and now i have money and no free time and so it's like <laughs> whatever i try to do anything i was like okay let me do like an event with friends because it's just like you know there are better things to do than you know sit around and just go out to eat or like go out to like a bar it was like you know make memories and you know we're young at the end of the day and when you're a young professional it's about like you know making the most and trying to be a little bit more selfish with your time especially early on i hear you so my wife and i went last may and saw paul mccartney in um knoxville tennessee and it was awesome. And I'm not a huge Beatles fan. She is, but it was a phenomenal concert. And for that guy being, I don't know, 80 or close to 80, he played for, I think, like two hours straight. It was it was amazing. Wow. Uh, it was a good show. Um, and I don't get to very many concerts. Back when I was up in, in college up there in Chicago, I, I went to, you know, anything I could I could afford and get to. Um, but it's been a while. But, you know, when we talk about SIU, SIU is bringing stuff to the Banterra Center. Um, I don't know Sam Hunt very well, who that is. He's a country guy. Um, but they've been publicizing that a lot. Um, I can't speak much for the state of the sports. You know, it is what it is currently. But they're trying and they're working hard. And I know, like, when I was in high school, there were tons of bands that came to the arena, uh, which is the Banterra Center, and um, lots, of, lots of musical acts. I remember, I think it was Ziggy Marley, that they had a um, a free concert during like a spring fest when I was in high school up in the parking lot of the arena. Um, and then who else did I see? Um, Smashing Pumpkins, I think Red Hot Chili Peppers. Um, Weird Al played at the arena. So just, you know, it, it, I think they're trying to get that back. Um, and and I, I hope they do Nine Inch Nails, uh, No Doubt, Bush. Um, just a lot of different concerts and um, and more more I, I think that are coming. So I will uh, I'll let you know when there's some good ones. Maybe you'll come down here and it'll probably be cheaper than any of those Chicago ticket prices. Oh, one thousand percent. I was like, I definitely look forward to uh, saving a lot more money because uh, here in Chicago, it's like things only tend to get more and more expensive as the day goes, and I was like, the inflation doesn't help that either. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, um, so um, what's what high school did you say you went to? De La Salle. So De La Salle. Like, uh, I was probably like three blocks away from where the Sox play. So I was like, depending on who you are, you call it Kaminsky or you call it U.S. Cellular. Now yeah. it's guaranteed rates. Yeah. So one of the questions I usually ask is, 
have you always been interested in technology and did you have the opportunity to study technology like in high school and when you were growing up? Yeah, so I've always been interested in tech and it's came mainly from like, I, I was a huge gamer growing up and I remember like wanting to understand the ins and outs of like, you know, video game design and whatnot. But ultimately like with playing like a lot of sports and like, you know, just like growing up, I've always felt like, oh, it's okay. Maybe like, I, as every kid does, it's like, oh, I think I'm gonna be like an athlete. Like maybe I'll go into the MLB where like, you know, you put, or I played a lot of like baseball growing up. Or then it's just like, oh, I think I can do it in football and all this other stuff. And so like uh, your mind's kind of everywhere, but then like you also hear about like business. And it's just like, oh, okay, business is like universal. Like every company needs like, you know, a business department and like they're ultimately a business uh, at the end of the day. So it was one of those things where I always appreciated tech and always like had a passion for it, but I always let other things kind of get in the way to like, you know, keep me from it until like I ended up getting to like college and, and growing up and just like in high school in particular, they had like a couple coding classes, but like no one really liked the instructors that we had. So oh. it kind of kept you away from like uh, the classes themselves. Cause it was just like, oh, okay. Like, uh, you don't hear the, the best reviews for it. And then it's like in high school, I know you and I bonded over this uh, time uh, briefly before we weren't the best high school students. So I don't even know if, like, if I would have took that class if I would have put my best foot forward and it, it might have scared, uh, scared me off of tech just in general. So I'm glad I, I waited a little bit more to mature and then, uh, you know, really dive deep into like, you know, the things that, you know, I'm passionate about. And, and I'll admit that, you know, maybe I wasn't the best student in high school um but i did take all of the um the computer classes when i mean i i i, I finished all the Car carbondale community high school computer classes when i was a sophomore uh and the 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 faculty member the teacher who was was the business and computer teacher actually started something brand new for me to do my own independently so i did good with that stuff and I actually got a couple of awards related to computer studies and computer things in high school um, but yeah, I did flunk my first semester of junior year English class. And, um, you know, if you were to ask my mom, she, uh, would, would tell you about the, uh, the attendance report she got printed out and took up two or three pages of, uh, uh, but anyway, that was, you know, that was a long time ago and I've grown and matured a lot since then. And I would never encourage anybody, especially my going to be a junior son, to skip school. And I imagine it's a lot harder to do nowadays. I don't know, but I bet it probably is. Yeah, probably. But um, but that's not what this podcast is about. We're talking about technology. Go to school, kids. Okay. Uh, so you um, graduated, like you were saying, uh, there was, you know, there was the, the beginning of COVID uh, was when your last semester was. So that would have been 2022. And I remember that we had spring break and SIU always has an earlier spring break than everybody else. So we had spring break and then they said, hey, everybody, why don't you take an extra week for spring break? And that happened. And then we never really came back and finished things up proper because COVID started, um, you know, well, we know what happened and, and everybody shifted to online and yeah, Folks like like you got robbed of a, a lot of the experiences um, over the next years and graduation. And, you know, I've I've seen and heard what what 
schools tried to do to make graduation night nice with like drive-through graduations and stuff like that. But ultimately, it ultimately I don't think we can say other anything other than it really just kind of sucked. Um, and and thankfully, you know, we're we're for a while uh, been back on a upward trajectory, and you know, all we can do is maybe uh try to try to show a little bit of appreciation to some of the things that maybe changed and developed that were different and maybe better now for one way or another and uh, and move forward, I guess. Um, which, you know, I guess that's this, I guess that's the way, you know, to approach life with any kind of setback. Um, you work now for a, a company that is globally recognized um, but you didn't start at McDonald's right after graduation. Um, tell us what you did and tell us what it was like trying to start a career out being a new grad when you were in, we were in the middle of COVID and where did you end up working right out of school? Yeah, like, uh, thanks for all that time because yeah, honestly, it was a very weird time and I remember you, you just gave me like flashbacks too, where essentially like I know through talking to you and Sism and Bell at that point, like uh, obviously being one of the, a little bit more of like the vocal students that we had, he was just like, hey, like since you like, you know, talking a lot, <laughs> like uh, I think that like project management or like consulting work would be like a good track for you. And I remember I was like applying to all these like project management, like associate roles or like early entry roles. And like trying to get my foot in the door with like a lot of consulting roles, I was like down to travel because uh, to be completely transparent, uh, for a good part of my life, I hadn't been traveling as much. So I was like, I was mainly back and forth between like Chicago and Indiana uh, with family in both places. And it wasn't until college that I really started to go like, you know, a little bit further. I went to New Orleans uh, back when I was a marketing major for like a marketing conference that they had out there like a couple of times. Cool. And for the most part, it was just like, oh, okay, like, I think consulting might be the thing that I would do. And I remember, like, applying to, like, all these positions. And, you know, you're starting to, like, figure out, like, what exactly uh, is best for you and, like, what your interests are within, like, the consulting space. Is it management? Is it, like, you know, cybersecurity? Is it cloud? Et cetera, et cetera. And I remember after finishing my internship up with Boeing, it was one of those, like, really cool opportunities where I was like, when it gave me like the uh, ability to live in Seattle for four months and just like, you know, see what it's like to be on my own, see what it's like to be in Seattle, see what it's like to be at a bigger company. And I know that they had a rotational program as well, but the only thing that was kind of like a kicker with that one is they essentially wanted you to like kind of commit to like being a part of that program prior to returning to like your senior year. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, something about that. I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I like the company, but it's just like, you never know if you're doing yourself for this service, I like, you know, except for like the first thing you get. So I was like, oh, I'll play the wait see game, which led to like, you know, applying to all those consulting roles and whatnot. And then when COVID hit, I remember like that first uh, week, uh, I was like, oh, okay, it looks like we're getting ready to go back to school. And then, like you said, we get extended to that second week. Ironically, me, uh, my uh, friend of mine's, and then another but me and two other people, one of them actually happened to be like a, a classmate of ours. Uh, his name was David. We were all going to go on a cruise. And like, uh, this is like, you know, 
literally the week of like, you know, no bueno where people were like, hey, like, you know, you could still go on this cruise, but it's just like a lot of cruises have been flagged. Like they've already stopped some and like kept them in the middle of the ocean. And I remember I was thinking, I was like, oh man, I should really like still go on this cruise. And I was like, I've already spent my money. I've already put all this information into it. So it's like, and when you're in college, you're already broke. So it's just like, I'm broker as a result. So I was like, I might as well experience something. But then like, you know, ultimately, uh, my, uh, me and my other friend's parents got into our, like, our year, and, like, you know, I was like, God, this isn't a wise decision. And so, like, uh, I ended up, like, foregoing the cruise. Uh, uh, our buddy David still ended up going and went there, had a great time, came back, no COVID. So oh, like, man. In, in hindsight, but uh, at the same time, it was just like, oh, you know, just that precautionary thing. And really funny, like, side note, uh, with that, I was like, oh, you know what? Like, I, I think I'm gonna need a hobby since like we got this extra week. And I just assumed that like after that week we would come back to school and all would be like, well, maybe yeah. we have to test. I like was like, oh, I'm really into like bow hunting all of a sudden. So I bought a compound bow and a target. And I was like, oh, like I was like, whenever I get my apartment, I'll go out to like the back because we had like a field. And I was like, no one's out there. I was like, I'll just be practicing. And this would be like my activity to do leading up until like graduation and uh sure enough never returned back to Carbondale minus to get my stuff so i still have a, a compound boat and a target uh in the middle of the city so i was like there's nothing i legitimately could do with it, unfortunately but, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, but I, I i digress so like once uh it was time to graduate like uh no job offers were uh pretty much out there and i was like i was doing like you know a fair amount of like uh, networking trying to interview with a lot of people and I think that I worked as a tutor for a, a decent amount uh, throughout college. So, like, I ended that job right around May. And so, like, once that, like, last paycheck hit, like, uh, out from May to, I want to say, right around September, I was just constantly, like, looking for jobs and roles and, like, nothing was out there. I was, like, getting like that. Oh, okay, like, you know, we are cutting downsizing or, like, you know, just with everything that's going on. And, like, we're not really hiring at the point because, you know, no one knew what was going on and what that new normal looked like. And the one thing that I did find fulfilling when I was working in college was uh, I was a tutor at the uh, Morris Library. And I remember like, man, it was like, it was one of my favorite jobs because it was like, I worked with like a lot of people that I really like, uh, like, and that I continue to maintain relationships with. And I was like, if I could find a job where I can give back and like, you know, still feel fulfilled, but then also utilize my tech degree, I was like, even better. So it actually led me to working with a nonprofit called You Can Chicago. And they do like so many great things and like work with so many different initiatives. So like uh, they work with like, you know, gang prevention, uh, teenage pregnancy. They also do education for like uh, students or whatnot and have a couple of schools. We give like hot spots and whatnot out to like, you know, underprivileged like, you know, families so that they can have like internet to do like, you know, their homework and all that, those other stuff and, you know, utilize it for everything else kids utilize things for and it was a sweet uh job and like i really liked uh my boss uh there because he was just like you know a kind-hearted soul but the one thing that i realized while i was working there is, that was a stark difference from boeing is with boeing you're working with like the creme de la creme of technology for the most part and it's easy for you to like you know take that for granted and in the situation where you're like an early career like person and I was like, okay, well, if I stay hypothetically at Boeing for five years and compare my resume to that, to what I would be doing in the nonprofit space, I would, 
I just don't think that I'd be as marketable and I don't think that I would be doing the best thing for myself in that situation. So I was like, maybe I need to like, you know, make a change because it was like right now, like a lot of people that I was working with, they were kind of like on like the whole 18 of their career where it's just like, okay, like we've done like all our grind. We've worked at these banks or like these other food, uh, big corporations. And now we're coming to the nonprofit space because it's not that we don't want to work, but it's just like, now we want like a different type of work, something that's more fulfilling. Right. And I was like, I should probably return to this, like when I'm at that stage of my career, not early on. And so I was there for a little less than a year. And I found the opportunity within uh, McDonald's for a rotational program. I was like, hey, well, since I missed out on the previous one, I should probably just take advantage of this one and see if I can get a, a hold of it. So went through the interview process and was like able to get on and like get through the program and worked on a lot of great teams that like, you know, were very interesting and like, you know, a, a real eye-opening experience. And I think ultimately it was a, a good thing to like bet on yourself. And I was like, if anything, like I, I'm going to reiterate this multiple times. It's like, what, you know, I bet on myself for like the initial not you know, doing anything with like the Boeing stuff like earlier on and, you know, ultimately trying to make sure that like I did something that was in the, my best interest in the future. And unfortunately that one didn't work out because, you know, COVID hit and no one could foresee that. And it was nothing that you could particularly do on that point. Yeah. But then at the same time, I was like, I took the same risk to like leave like another company where it was like, I like the people and, uh, and exactly like the initiative behind it. And, but then I was just like, hey, like, I know that ultimately, like, you got to bet on yourself and make sure that you do right by yourself. So then I took the leap and went to McDonald's and now it's, you know, it's a, a it even flow. So it's just like every once in a while, it's like when those like uh, risks hit, you're like, hell yeah, like, you know, I did it. And it was like, I, I knew I believed in myself. This is what's supposed to happen. And when it doesn't, sometimes you feel like it's bad ideas. But at the same time, it's like you never know unless you try it out. Yes. I awesome, awesome stuff. Awesome um progression. I that's you know, that's very insightful. Um, because I uh I've tried to be involved in volunteerism, um, helping nonprofits and things throughout my life. Um, and and you made a really good point, you know, and, and this is what I've seen. The technology that nonprofits are operating with in a lot of cases is not the fresh brand new stuff, you know. Um, and if you want to be marketable, you know, saying, Hey, I refurbished a bunch of 10 year old computers and, and, and bought a bunch of eBay Cisco routers and installed them, you know, that's nice, you know, and, and, uh, the, the mission of that organization may be top notch and, but that may not get you the interview, um, that's going to pay your bills. So I get what you're saying. And that's, you know, that's, that's a fresh perspective, um, and I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, one thing that I, I neglected to ask first was about Boeing. And you've mentioned that a couple of times. Um, you took an internship and you said it was out in Seattle. And that was out like well, Kimmy was out there at that same time, right? Yep. It was me, Kimmy, uh, Love Deep Singh. And okay. uh, I'm blanking on uh, the other guy's name. And I feel so bad. But like uh, it was a decent, and I was like, I can see his like LinkedIn photo, and it's like ingrained in my mind. But like we were all out there at that time, so yeah, it was a it was an interesting experience to say the very least. And like I remember, like I grew so much in that one summer that like you know a lot of those lessons like still stick with me. 
and it was like ultimately everybody that I met at Boeing was like extremely cool and like an amazing person to work with. And I believe that like even though like at that point, I don't know if you remember this, but the summer that I was there was directly after they had like the whole like incident with like their um seven thirty sevens or yeah. Or was it seven seven thirty seven? Yeah, seven thirty seven uh, Air Max, Max or yeah. yeah. And it was one of those things where I was like, man, like this is very like interesting because it's like prior to this, like Boeing's like stocks. I remember like I was living at the time with a finance major. And he was like looking at it, he was just like, this is like unprecedented. Like their stocks just constantly keep doing like, you know, well, like year to year. And he was like, uh, at some point, like normally companies drop. And then, you know, unfortunately, uh, you see that uh, the, the stock did take a dip, unfortunately, when all of that happened. But it was like rightfully so, because it was like, once you like see like these documentaries and like see all of the stuff that's like come out after and whatnot, it's kind of like, you know, one of those things where it's like, no one's like, you know, invincible but at the same time it's like it's bound to happen but yeah working there and like seeing how that like situation impacted work uh my the factory that i was in was in everett washington so they didn't build that plane uh there but they did have like a lot of those planes like you know just stationed there because they like they needed the space and so it was like we're looking at like all these like unpainted planes uh just waiting for the like initial fix to like fix them and get them to go out to exactly where they needed to go it was just like surreal and then also i think they made like i want to say three or four of the planes that they had active at that point uh at that facility so like literally whenever i'd be going to lunch like they had a big like food court uh food truck culture there i would be walking through like this huge like you know i, I, I don't even want to say like walmart so i was like you know football size factory like maybe two football fields worth of factory and like uh wouldn't bat an eye at like all the parts I'm seeing or like seeing the planes or whatnot. And I'm like, oh okay. Well I know that like, you know, this uh uh California burrito's gonna be fantastic. I can't wait to get this and get back to my desk. <laughs> and so like uh they all like when I'm going to like the airport and getting on planes again, I was like the nostalgia's there again. And I was just like, Oh wow, like you know, that I did take that for granted and like, you know, parking right next to like a parking lot where they had like planes like do flyovers that were like, you know, literally ten feet above your head as like they're going to like their delivery center to get painted was definitely like a unique experience and I, i'm glad i did it and yeah. ultimately they showed me that like at first seattle was a place that i wanted to go and like live but uh it did show me that like i, I don't think i could live in seattle just because of the nature of like not being near family uh, yeah is a big part being three hours behind them is also a big part and uh weirdly enough like uh I realized that I, I have a problem where it's like I love uh, Dunkin' Donuts a little too much and I love their coffee. And so, like, uh, even though it's not, like, you know, the best brand of coffee or the best quality, it was like, you know, it's mine. and It feels like Midwest. So, like, without having those, I was just like, yeah, this is just not, not adding up. There's no Dunkin' Donuts out in the Pacific Northwest. No. And it was just like, uh, it, it's very, it, like, it hurt my soul and heart. <laughs> so, like, uh, <laughs> everything else out there, I was just like, because they take their coffee extremely serious. And yeah, is, but at the same time, it's like after a while, you're like, all right, I'm kind of getting tired of getting like, you know, above like Starbucks quality coffee. Every once in a while, you kind of want like something that's like, you know, not as higher quality, but you get more of a portion. I was like, do I need 32 ounces of like, you know, ice cold like coffee from uh, Duncan? No. But does it make me feel better than it's four dollars when like, you know, four dollars there gets me like a 16 ounce? Yeah. So ultimately, yeah. Uh, I'm more of a, a quantity uh, guy when it comes to that coffee. So, and I was like, I, I love Duncan. 
Awesome. We had uh, my son brought home Dunkin' Donuts yesterday. Uh, he got done with work. He's a lifeguard here in town at the Splash Park, 16 now, and just was like, texted me. I think I was on some a Zoom call and he texted me. He was like, I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts. Do you want anything? And I'm like, I don't really ever eat donuts. Um, I like sweets, um, but I don't usually get donuts. So it was kind of strange. And then next thing you know, he shows up with a dozen donuts. Um, but that's weird. I would never have thought that 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 didn't exist out there. Um, hmm. I think it's pizza, like the and obviously since Starbucks started out there. Oh yeah, literally on every corner and everywhere around there. So it's just like I, if I was like ultimately the more I think about, it, I was like the more it makes sense. But I was like, yeah, you, you do miss your like creature comforts every once in a while. And yeah, and it's just like ultimately, I do also think that like just like the people that I do know at Boeing that like you know stuck around and like ended up going through the program. Like I see like, you know, their progress on like LinkedIn and whatnot. And I was just like, I'm happy that like, you know, they are continued to like, you know, find the passion within like their tech career. Cause I was like, ultimately that company was pretty good to me. Uh, all things considered. And obviously like, you know, extended like an internship to a lot of us. And I even I think Kimmy may I think she may have left recently if I got that correctly. But I was just like, I know that like, you know, they have a good, pretty good track record of retention just in general. Um, two things. One I mean, Chicago is one of the best cities in the world. And so wanting to be there, I think, you know, is a, a no brainer, especially with family. Um, but but secondly, um, what 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 did you do? What was your role at Boeing when you were on your internship? So I believe like my title was like a versatile technologist. And oh, OK. I remember like, I remember the first time I heard the versatile technologist role that Boeing was doing. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, oh man, I was like, this is, uh, I was like, this can be one of two things. And I was just like, uh, let, let's see. And essentially it turned into like a lot of uh, junior level, like PM scrum uh, or agile type work, which okay. is really sweet. And so like, uh, I got to help with like different like uh, metrics to like, you know, gauge like uh, customer, not only customer satisfaction, but like customers when it comes to business to business and then also like help with like refresh efforts and whatnot when it came to like you know getting things from like ironically enough at this time and i, I hope this project is done because i was like hey, it's been many years now but i know that they were still have like some like uh windows machines out there that were like using windows 7 or even xp yeah. and so like they're helping with those refresh efforts and at that time too i know that they were also talking about uh, planning like you know a new product and uh, it was one of those things where I was able to sit on the initial like you know meetings for that just to like see like what a big company thinks about and the strategy and planning behind all of that and so it was legitimately like versatile like you know work mm -hmm. but so, like, I guess it fits the description but at the same time it was very interesting to one be at like a company then it was like it, it was the first time that like I actually ever was able to see that other people like because i was like i think naturally when you're in college or like just growing up you feel like a lot of people in the corporate space want to like continue to like strive and like that hunger stays with you because like you want to like you know get to whatever your goal is and i think that boeing and even here at mcdonald's uh reinforce like that notion that sometimes people who have like families and other things going on like outside of work they're like, oh, okay, like I'm okay with doing whatever this role or this job title is 
uh, for this foreseeable future because it's like, you know, something I understand and something I'm good at. I don't want to progress any. And it's just like uh, I get paid well enough to do it. So it's like, therefore, like I'm going to continue to do exactly what I'm doing now. And I remember that was like an eye opening experience because I was like, at first, like you coming out of college, you just assume that everybody's just like, you know, go, go, go. Let's climb in the ladder. Yeah, exactly. Let's climb the ladder. Let's be managers. Let's be directors. Let's do whatever. Let's get in the sweet seat. And it was like when I saw that, I was just like, okay, this is not as intimidating as I expected because I thought that everything was just going to basically be like, you know, like a race. But now it's just like everybody's doing their own thing. And like, you know, each person is their own individual. And I was like, okay, this brings you like a little bit more peace of mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's there's something to be said for a a company that you have the ability to climb or have lateral upward you know, switch things around if you need to take some time to, you know, uh, or, 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 or maybe reduce your, your efforts there. So being able to do those types of things when your life, you know, necessitates it is important. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I think the experience uh, of being an intern um, is awesome. Um, all around, uh, unless you, you know, unless you're getting coffee, you know, which thankfully, I don't think I've, I've heard of any of our students over the years. And, and I was going to say, I'm almost at 16 years teaching here, but I don't recall anybody having, you know, a terrible internship experience, which is good because I think that's one, a kind of a, a, a testament to the need for people to do the things that we're teaching and how important they are. You know, you're not going to bring in a student intern, whether you're at Boeing or you know, you're at uh, the, the local school district, you know, to do nothing, you know, because there's so much need for technology work that those folks can be put to good use. And, and obviously, you know, having a good mentor during these and, and going to a, a formalized, you know, established structured internship program like Boeing is, is going to be, you know, tremendous, you know, there's a lot of benefit to that. But, but even, you know, I've, I've heard students talk about just job shadowing somebody for six months. Um, can be a real eye-opening and, and tremendously useful experience. So glad you had the opportunity to do that. Glad you got to hang out there with Kimmy um, while you were out there. She's another awesome uh, grad who I ran into not too long ago. I think it was this last year. She was here on campus unexpectedly. I walked around the corner and she was there, uh, yeah. I think with another, another Boeing team member. Um, so hopefully she'll hear this. Hi, Kimmy. Um, but. Um, but yeah, so so glad glad that happened for you. And um, you know, I um, haven't heard a lot from Boeing recently, but anybody who follows, you know, knows there's been some significant changes in their manpower and their workforce in the technology area. Um, you know, this last year, year and a half, and so um, we, who knows what the future holds for for those opportunities and and students who want to go through their programs. Um, but let's talk about what you're doing today because you provided a little bit of info and, um, who did I just mention? Oh, I was talking to, to, to Taha the other day and, you know, there's, there's global brands. And if we think about the global technology leaders, I think I, I'd say, I kept saying Microsoft, Amazon, Google, right? Those are the huge ones. And if we talk about you know, names and iconic kind of global 
uh, globally reached corporations um, that everybody knows you're at one of them. So tell us how you got your start working for um, it, 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 when you when you say who your employer is, is it McDonald's or is there a specific um, business unit that it is? Is like who? Yeah, who... McDonald's. And okay. Like funny enough, like uh, it's always cool to tell people McDonald's because like at first, like you know, I always feel like it, it's kind of weird and pompous to be like uh, McDonald's corporate. So like I just say McDonald's. <laughs> and I remember uh, when I moved into my last apartment, it was like a, not too far actually away from uh, the actual office and walking distance. One of my neighbors, she was like an older lady and she was like, oh man, like I'm so glad someone's moved in because it was like, you know, that I feel like this uh, apartment has been like, you know, vacant for a little bit. And obviously during COVID times, it was like no one's trying to move into any place. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just really excited that like, you know, I'm so close to like working. She's like, oh, look, where do you work? And my mom's with me at the point. And uh, I was like, oh, I work at McDonald's. And she was like, oh, that is so sweet. You get to walk to your shifts every day. And I was just like, oh, no. And I was just like, you know what? I'll just let that uh, go. And I remember like uh, my mom was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, that's uh, it was like, and she like was like, oh, that's interesting. And so like we get in the elevator and she was like, you know, you got to start telling people McDonald's corporate because it's like, we can't have them out there thinking that you're like, uh, you know, working at the register or something like that. Cause it's like, there's no way you can afford living here. I was like, <laughs> I, I, I get that like off that. But at the same time, I was like, I do think that like every once in a while, maybe like people who are in like the Westwood, which is where this uh, headquarters is now, uh, will know like, okay, maybe they mean like the actual like Hamburger University MHQ like uh, aspect of it. And fun fact, uh, before like I go into like my experience at McDonald's, if you guys are ever in the uh, Chicagoland area and find yourself in West Loop, McDonald's here, uh, we have a global menu where we rotate different global menu items out. So like uh, you can try different like items from like, you know, China, Japan, like Australia, all over the world on like a revolving basis. And, you know, it's very sweet. And a lot of people, it, it's taken off on TikTok, ironically enough where like some people have said that it's even a date spot. So like every time I do go down there for lunch, every once in a while, I'll try to like see if I can spot people like on a date, just trying to like, you know, go to McDonald's. Cause I was like, prior to that, I was like, uh, normally like that's not the most ideal date spot, but when you get to have like a new experience each time you go and know that there's like different menu items that you can try, I was like, oh, okay, like I, I can see like the appeal for that. So that's uh, definitely something I would recommend for you guys. That's and, cool. I would say too that uh, ultimately, like my time here at McDonald's has been uh, extremely fun for the uh, similar reasons as like why I like Boeing and why I like SIU, where it's like the people that I met here are like, you know, legitimately really great. And then obviously that doesn't mean that like everybody that like you work with is going to be like, you know, uh, the, the best person that you've ever met. But at the same time, it's like that's anywhere you go. And I think that with uh, the nature of like, the position that I had, which was a rotational uh, employee. So essentially what happened was, I know with Boeing, uh, if I still remember this correctly, they did a two year program where you went to four different teams and spent six months at each yeah. team. IT CFP. Yes. And uh, here at McDonald's, they do three teams, eight months for each team. And okay. my first team was with the automated order taker team or AOT. One thing that uh, McDonald's loves is some of their acronyms. So uh, I'll just refer to it as AOT. And I got to work with that team. And essentially, it's exactly what it sounds like. Uh, we were 
implementing AI to take drive through orders. And it was one of those things where it was a really sweet idea and concept, and we have it in a couple stores in Indiana, I know, and I think Kansas City is also where we have like a couple other ones where we're like doing like initial tests. And in that situation, I basically played uh, the role of like a product owner where like I managed like a huge like 800 plus item backlog. And like uh, I was helping make sure that like, you know, things ran through like the software development life cycle and like coming up with Sprint. So at this point, when I started, we had MCV Tech Labs and they were the ones who like we acquired them. I think they used to be called Apprente and we acquired them and they had the solution itself. So we were working with them on the voice agent. And then we also had members on the business side that like were give us like the business cases and uses for things. So it'd be like people from like marketing or like menu and seeing like all these things come together to like understand like what it takes to get like the agent to support it. So I know while I was there, a couple celebrity meals went through. So it's like, you would have to make sure that like the agent was able to like rec recognize like, hey, like I want the Travis Scott meal for instance. And then the Travis Scott meal has to like go to like, it has to refer to it in the database and the POS to be like, okay, that's, you know, this item here, like random item 999, take that, that's this uh, thing and this what comes to it. And then the agent has to ask, uh, what would you like to drink? And then it adds that different like line item for that as well. So it's really cool to see like how all that came together. And then obviously being thrust kind of in that position to own so much and have so much responsibility. Like I really appreciated the team for entrusting me with that. But at the same time, it wasn't necessarily by design and like just a quick like backstory on that. Like uh, originally I was just supposed to be like a business analyst for the team. And the person that was supposed to be like, you know, kind of like my pseudo manager, uh, she ended up getting a internal role that was like a level up for her career. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, okay. Like uh, she was like, oh, Marquis, like uh, I remember I was like the second week of on, on the job. She came back and was like, hey, I'm just going to teach you everything I do and you're going to do it. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't know if that's how that works, but like uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to the opportunity. And then for two weeks, like I kind of learned her role as she like rolled off and then once she rolled off it was just like you know uh no brainer yeah yeah no brainer and it was just like you know uh all gas no brakes essentially and uh there was a lot of like uh learning lessons there and i remember my manager at the time right after she left she was like oh don't worry like we'll try to play, uh backfill that position but it was like uh you know you got this and that ironically enough my manager at the time she was also getting ready to go on maternity leave so like i had to take some of her responsibilities too uh, in the near future, and when they finally hired someone new on, I was like, "All right, boss, like, uh, what do you want me to give the new person?" It's like, "Oh, nothing. You continue to do all the things you do, and then uh, you're gonna help with her onboarding." And I was like, "Okay, sweet." <laughs> it was like, uh, so it was like a lot of like situations where I was like, I was definitely put in uh, uncomfortable, but at the same time, I was like, I'm glad that they trusted me enough to give me all those responsibilities and tasks because at the end of the day, it was like. I look back on that moment and like all the lessons that I learned and like the experience that I got was like, you know, insurmountable. And I remember prior to uh, coming to McDonald's, I had got like a scrum master certification. And it was one of those things where, well, I had the certification, I didn't have the experience using it. So mm -hmm. like using a variation of it within that team just kind of was like one of those things where it's like you learn the language, now you can speak the language with other people and like figuring out like the hybrid system for that. I like how you, I mean, 
you are new into this role, fairly new, you know, you're, you're not what, like five, six months. And then you get two people whose jobs you're starting to take on components of it, maybe sections of it. Um, and, you know, when that happens and, and that happens, you know, maybe not to that extent, but, but you, you'll face when you're, when you're in your work life, times when you get more work than you're expected and how you respond to that, I think, um, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot to consider when you decide how to respond to that, you know, and I like, you know, that you approached it with a positive attitude and about how you can, you know, contribute, I think, and, and provide value and, and, and appreciate the trust. Um, because ultimately, you know, I think that's going to serve you well down the line probably has already. Um, when you're talking about the global technology rotational, um, eight months. So a product like the automated order taker is not implemented in eight months, right? Mm -hmm. So so what happens when your eight months is up? How does that feel um, to be so involved in something? Did they just say like, all right, you're done Thursday of next week and you've got to break up with this product or what was that like? Yeah, ironically enough, it was like, a, uh, it was an interesting situation because I remember like when we started, we were still in like COVID protocols uh, per se for like, I would say the first four or five months. And I think it wasn't until October of 21 where we actually got back into the office and started doing what we're doing now, where we do a hybrid system where we're in three days out of the week. So we're in Tuesday through Thursday uh, for tech. And then Monday or Friday, you get the work remote. That's cool. Is, and it was one of those things where you get to see so many people's like faces uh, for the first time, but then it's like, you're not really seeing their faces because everybody's wearing masks. But it's like, oh, okay, like, you know, I, I can see this person, see this person and like interacting. And I remember it was kind of hard for me uh, to one, obviously being the person who looks like it's so time where it's like, we like to engage where a lot of people were like, they have families and whatnot. So it's like, and you know, you want to make sure that you're as safe as possible. No one wants to get anybody sick. Yeah. So it's like a lot of people were kind of refrained from coming into the office as like frequently as they do now uh, back then. And so, like, uh, it was one of those weird situations where it's like you put so much into the role because it's like, hey, like, you know, the social aspect aspect of work isn't there just yet because, like, nothing's normal. Everything's still kind of like this new normal and like we're trying to figure out ways of working. And by the end of it, I remember I was like, all right, like, I had like a good rapport with my team and like uh, my manager had returned from maternity leave and me and her had a good rapport the other person that we onboarded uh, prior to her de uh, departure from maternity leave was like uh, rocking and rolling. was like doing like a, a really good job with the role and was killing it. And it was just like, all things were starting to roll at once. And it was just like, oh, okay, now we kind of got the, the wheels rolling and everybody's trending in the right direction. And it was just like, all right, now it's time for me to go. And it was just like, oh, wow. Like, it was like, how do you like, you know, leave? And I remember we ended up uh, they got another rotational employee in my position who ended up doing like the work that I was originally supposed to do. And because like at that point, like the structure was now like, you know, solidified and laid out. So like even talking to him, like uh, throughout his rotation with that team, it was just like, we had vastly different, like, you know, circumstances and situations that we were in and different yeah. work. 
but it was just the only constant was like the team itself and like the dynamics and the good vibes that they had. So awesome. it was like one of those weird things where it's just like, all right, like letting go was not as hard as I thought because it was like, oh, like now like you already are kind of like distanced from unfortunately due to like all the things that was going on like within like the pandemic. But then at the same time, it was just like getting that person up to speed. And I feel like with all of my rotations, whenever it came to like leaving, I was just like, you knew that it was like a, a wind down period where it's like your work level starts to like slowly decrease. People expect less of you and no more deadlines and they're not really assigning work to you. And now they're just letting you come on board to the next process. And so it's like, it, it felt like you were starting a new job each time you started something, which mm-hmm. was sweet. But at the same time, it's like once that like uh, program is over and once the program did end, it was nice that it was like, okay, now it's time for like full-time work and whatnot even though we were full-time employees before that. Awesome. Do you have like another 15 minutes? I don't want to. Yeah, definitely. All right. So that was your first part, uh, your first uh, eight months. What about the second eight months? What'd you do then? Uh, the second eight months, and I, I can lump uh, both of them together just to make sure that like I don't run over on time. Okay. But the, the second one was like working with the Oracle Cloud team, and we were actually implementing that into the Australian market. And so Australia and New Zealand, and so like a lot of early morning meetings for that, just due to their time zone, and then a lot of late uh, meetings uh, due to the time zone. And very quickly after that, it was uh, it became apparent that my manager and my director, who uh, I had at that point in time, they were like going out to Australia and actually like you know flying out there and being out there for like two weeks on end to like help with other like problems and stuff like that that they had. And they were like, all right, like. We, I wish they would have sent me out there because that would have been sweet. But uh, they were like, oh, okay, well, since we're doing this, it's kind of hard for us to like, you know, manage you in Chicago when we're on a different time zone. So then I kind of got transferred to like an adjacent director in their same field where instead of working on like integration run books and like other stuff with Oracle, I was uh, volunteered essentially to like a mentor two of the interns and I, I i say that jokingly because they were great and one of them actually returned and is uh in the global uh tech rotational program currently okay. and so it's just like oh which is really surreal and really sweet to see like those girls back and see what he accomplishes throughout everything and then uh so shout out to jt and then also shout out to neil because he's still in school um soon to be finishing at university of wisconsin but it's like I got like a really good rapport with them and like we were able to tandem or like do like a three-man job with uh, a lot of the projects that they worked on before like their internship ended and I remember like feeling like oh this is like super fulfilling just because it was like at first it was, I was the youngest person on my team at that point and then it was like now I got two younger people there as well and now it's like you know the three of us are like you know tackling like different projects and little tasks and whatnot and obviously we want to make sure that they can put their best foot forward and then when they put like McDonald's on their resume that they have like, you know, quality work to set show for it. And so that was really cool. And then from there, I worked with a team called the OTP program. And essentially it's for operations technology, professional or person, uh, depending on like what you see. And they are basically like the technicians or like I would say the geek squad uh, is like the best equivalent to uh what Geek Squad is, the Best Buy is what the OTPs are to the actual store and the restaurant. So they can be like general managers, uh, chef supervisors, or owner operators uh, themselves who are like 
a different level of OTP. So there's OTP levels one, two, and pro. And if you're a pro, like you're doing, you're like almost a, a rock star, just like an all-star essentially, whereas like you're helping the company and the restaurants with like break, fix, deployment, uh, your understanding like cabling when it comes to like the kiosk, the POS, you know, where like the router is, what sections do what, you understand the digital components for like, you know, Uber Eats uh, components where like, tablets and whatnot. And so like, you're kind of like a jack of all trades and you're like the restaurant's first line of defense for like when anything like goes wrong or needs to be implemented. So is this, these are people who are local to like the franchises? Yeah, these are people that are working in the store. And like, so like, say you own like, you know, five like McDonald's stores and you wanted your son to be like an OTP pro, all you have to do is like one, once he gets through like OTP two, which is what I'm, I'm that level currently. And uh, once he gets to that pro level, you would like send him out to one of our three facilities for like a, a three-day training. So we have it in Oak Brook, uh, Illinois, Tampa, Florida, and then we also have it in Tempe, Arizona. And it's a three-day course where it's like all immersive, like, you know, and I've seen the classes go through uh, twice, well, three times actually, now in all three locations. And like, they give you like a crash course on like how to like fix everything. They have like an actual restaurant, like a simulator lab where they like put you through these scenarios and like, you know, make sure that like get you like right. So like when you go back to your owner operators, because they paid this money for you to go out there, that you can like handle any issue that they have within the store. So it saves the company money because it's not like, hey, like something happened with like, you know, the voice agent, like we need to get IBM out there. Like we was like, well, we have an OTP who's like, you know, certified and knows exactly how to fix this with X, Y, and Z. And they can they can maybe fix it because to get the IBM out there might be a week. Exactly. And, okay. Uh, it, and it would be money too. So it's just like you know, saves you money, saves you time, and it's like ultimately like, uh, and that's just like a, an example because I, I know that that component is still something that we're trying to figure out and work on itself. But it's or like there's a problem with like the digital menu boards that you have out there. It's like OTPs know how to like you know handle that, know the right people to contact, and like you know would have like a good rubric for what's uh, acceptable. So the, the ideal scenario for kind of the OTP would be like within a, a franchise group, uh, an OTP or a couple OTPs of different levels that can respond to the different, you know, troubleshooting problems that come up related to any of the, the operational technology, right? Right. Awesome. Yeah. So then you're up there kind of helping to, to coordinate the program or to run it or, or as a like a like a liaison like a helper what's yeah my role with that one was pretty sweet and uh you, you'll get a kick out of this i was like i wish i could uh show one of the things i was about to talk about uh but i was like i'm gonna have to talk to legal uh but it was one of those things where we are basically we handle like a lot of the learning and development and then like a lot of the coordination so like i helped with the they do a yearly otp pro conference so i was like i got a chance to see one how that looks on like you know a grand scale and what how expensive it is and like you know a lot of our senior leadership will be there to talk to these OTP pros who like I said are the highest level of these things and like you know you get insight into new hardware that's coming down like you know uh, developments on like all the things you get to ask questions to like you know the non-restaurant aka corporate employees and whatnot and 
it's just like a really cool environment because it's like a lot of them like have like a lot of really good questions and they're extremely passionate because for the most part a lot of these uh men and women they start off in the store mm-hmm. and when they they just were passionate enough about McDonald's that they wanted to go for that next level and they were passionate about tech so they ended up becoming OTPs like whatever ones twos or uh, pros and then also the part that's uh, fun is we had a revamp of our newsletter that they wanted to do and they were like hey like uh, Marquise, like we uh if we put you in front of camera like would you be okay with that and uh to be transparent i don't have any social media and like i, I really don't do too much else on like uh, linkedin even though i have it and uh, i was like yeah sure and that very quickly turned into me becoming a content creator so like uh, I went from having a weekly interview series to a bi-weekly interview series where I would just introduce people, uh, OTPs of all levels, one, two, and pro, to different people within McDonald's, whether it be the field, uh, where there'll be like their uh, fellow OTP twos ready, ready to become pros in like a pro class, where like I was able to film them in Tampa, Florida, and talk to a couple of like students there. And I was even uh, in Tempe, this last May and was talking to a, a couple groups of students there recording the classes, getting like some action shots just to like help promote that. And then talking to different levels of like field employees just out in out there. So it was just, that was really sick. And then obviously being here at home base, like they always do like really uh, cool little edits and whatnot. And it, it made the job that much fun because it was like, I never thought that I'd be a content creator, but like here I am doing like, you know, YouTube intros to like, you know, these videos for thousands of people to see. And I remember uh, one of the funnier things is I was like, I forget how many people it goes out to because I think it's like right around like 20,000 plus. And so like, uh, I just try to ignore that whenever I'm like up there like talking because I was like, whenever I watch it back, I was like, oh, why did I say that? Or this is so stupid. And uh, like people would like come up to me at work and be like, hey, like, you know, I, I heard you talking over there and I recognize your voice from like, you know, the OTP videos. And it's just like, I'll oh, keep up the good work. And it's just like, you do such a good job with those and they're way better than uh, the beginning. And I was just like, oh, well, thank you. And so like, it's like uh, an embarrassing thing, but at the same time, I was like, I definitely appreciate like, you know, they'll give me the opportunity to do that. And then uh, also lastly, they also entrusted in me because like I said, the pros are rock stars. They do everything uh that you can need them for but do, do they roll out new um new buildings or new restaurants too yeah they help with uh restaurants as well just especially when it comes to that and like the the wiring component and figuring out where everything is and like where you should house like you know switches like what switch does this and that so they're, they're extremely integral to like everything and if someone like you and I, whereas like if you were working here and like, you know, at the corporate headquarters, it's like we probably don't need to understand like the ins and outs of cabling or like networking if that's not necessarily our department. And I remember coming up with the idea and talking to like my then director before he uh, got a promotion about I was like, what if we made something that like, you know, gave someone like myself and like us, like non-restaurant employees, like the experience of like the restaurant so we could one get gain more empathy into like what they go through understanding the technology kind of similar to a pseudo pro but then at the same time it's like and that way we can make more thoughtful like more thought out like uh solutions and like you know help with deployment and my manager loved it and like you know gave me his full backing and uh, i'm proud to say that 
we uh, created a net new certification within this program that like I got to help spearhead. And we're kind of, for our first like initial test run is going to be with the cohort five that just started uh, in the rotational program. And ultimately the plan is once we work out any kinks that we run into there, that this uh, solution will then be dispersed throughout all of the USIT team. And like all the senior leadership, like, you know, really appreciates the idea, really likes it, and has given me that they're a okay with it. So, like, uh, I'm excited to see like how far that goes and how much that grows too. And I'd love to give you guys updates on that as well. That is awesome. That is really cool. Um, one, uh, so you have videos on YouTube? Uh, they're actually on Vimeo. And if I can get like some of them cleared, I'll definitely send them because they do some really funny edits that I think you would definitely appreciate you in the class, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, if there's anything that's public and that you want to share that I can add, that'd be awesome. But don't, you know, don't go to a lot of trouble. I don't want to. Yeah, yeah spent, no. spent a lot of time. Um, so is the OTP, could it be a a pathway to an, a, an IT career for some of these folks? Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. We actually just are, the team is starting to figure that out now, whereas like a lot of people who are OTPs, they want to come and work for a corporate. And the one thing that like gets in the way a little bit, not at I hope it's not getting too into the weeds. It's because, like, you know, owner operators see, like, the, some of them, like, really see how invaluable they are. Yeah. They kind of don't want to lose them to, yeah. like, the corporate space. So, like, uh, it depends on who, like, you know, the owner operator is and how they feel about things and then how, like, you know, passionate those OTPs are. But ideally, yeah, the, the answer is yeah. And That's we, cool. We try to get as many as we can if, like, you know, it works and whatnot because it's like you can't beat that restaurant experience and knowledge. And, like I said, a lot of them start in the store. So, like, the perspectives that they have is going to be something vastly different from, like, you know, someone like myself who, you know, still, I don't want to say fresh out of college, but, you know, only three years removed. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, so, you may have somebody within your OTP group that you're making videos for who's, I don't know, maybe down as an OTP one right now in, you know, in Georgia who could be, you know, second in command to future CIO Marquise, you know, no, 10 years, that. 10 years down the road, 15 years down the road, maybe. who knows, but yeah. that's, that's pretty awesome to, you know, maybe I, I guess the, the, that the, the opportunity, just, just investing in people, I think within the organization and providing them with a way to get more skills in, um, cause, cause I mean, traditionally, if you think of the restaurants, you don't think about people getting tech skills there. So that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And to yeah. be involved with in that is, 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 and as integral, um, in, in this program is, you know, I'm, I'm really proud for you. That's, that's cool. I like, I like hearing this. Um, awesome. Uh, do you want to tell us just briefly about, and we'll share more, but about the internship opportunities and, and, and that type of stuff before we, um, let you get back to to doing your thing yeah no worries and uh thanks uh again tom for having me and thank you guys for like you know listening this far but uh mcdonald's loves like you know having internship opportunities and like i said i've been lucky to like intern uh at boeing so i was there i got to see what like a quality program looks like and mcdonald's is right up there with them and it's just like the events that they have for their interns here just like you know crazy i know they did like a Cubs game last year where just like they like, you know, went all out this year. They did a White Sox game, went all out. And like, I know they are 
like no stranger to having like events at like you know our restaurants around here which are like really sweet and so with this uh opportunity within mcdonald's they're looking normally for uh juniors uh, or incoming juniors now who are going to be seniors uh post next summer because okay. essentially what they want to do is you know get you guys in there uh you know get you the skills that you uh want or like want to learn and then retain you so then that way you come back like you know immediately whereas they don't have to wait too long so any incoming juniors out there that are listening to this or that will like you know listen to this throughout the school year or whenever you listen to it ideally i know that they're aiming for like september to be like when they start opening up a lot of the registration for a lot of these things Okay. And at the time of the recording, I don't believe anything is going on currently. And I was like, uh, they are halfway through, the summer interns are halfway through their internship currently. So it's one of those things where the summer flies and by the time, like, you know, you listen to this, it, it could be coming out by then. But hopefully I'm able to come back, give you guys a little bit more information. I actually have a slide deck that I can present uh, to you guys. And I was like, I would love to get, you know, more people uh, like myself up here, up here in Chicago, whether they're from Chicago uh, or not. And I know that at least this year, they went, they definitely went all out with the accommodations for the interns. They paid for half their room and board uh, at a really nice uh, luxury building, and they have a shuttle to and from work. That's and cool. Really well, I know that, and I think I can be transparent with this, but I know like the pay, because it's in the deck that they gave me, it's like $30 an hour. Uh, for undergraduate and then for graduate students, if there are any graduate students out there, also interested, it's fifty dollars an hour. Okay. And uh, really good money. And obviously, you're like Tom said earlier in this uh, podcast, it's like Chicago is a good place to be. And at the same time, you won't be at a loss for things to do. And I was like, I would hope to like you know help you guys out as much as I possibly can. Feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn, and if I get the opportunity to come up here and like uh, go through the slide deck for like anything else, maybe I can even see if I can like you know swindle my way into like a career day uh, there, whenever those days may be. That was the next thing that I was going to ask. I I don't know if uh, if McDonald's uh, comes down to the career fairs, but that may be something that would be um, uh, they'd be interested because you know we're just a six hour train ride unless you get one of those train rides that turns into a nine hour train ride <laughs> but but um but yeah that would be that that's really cool um and and sounds sounds fun sounds like a great opportunity so yes when you share that with me um uh, when the school school year starts maybe like week one or two probably like week two um that'd be awesome to get to get us to talk again and, and share more of that information um one last question before we do our wrap up um, can you talk a little bit about what the culture of working for the McDonald's corporate uh, and, and maybe IT as well as just general is like? Yeah, I think that the culture here is like extremely open. Uh, it's very like interesting because I remember prior to working here, like uh, I'm like pretty optimistic, but then it's like I'm also like, you know, or I feel like I'm realistic to a sense where it's like if too many people tell me one thing, I was like, I'm like, oh, okay, I, I can start to be a little bit skeptical of it. And I remember prior to working here, everybody that knew that I was going to work at McDonald's was like, oh, I know somebody that worked there. They did. They worked there 20 years and they loved it. And it's like, oh, I know someone that's working there currently and they love it. Oh, I know someone currently there now and it's just like, uh, they love it, but they're actually going to leave because they got to move to somewhere else. 
mm-hmm. was like, all right, everybody can't love like, you know, the same thing. So I was just like, am I really going to love this or is this going to be like one of those like gaslit situations where you get there and it's just like, it depends on where you are. And I would definitely say that the culture here, like, I don't know if they'll be able to see like this video, but like, I'm wearing like a, a, a shirt and a hat in the office and like, you know, that's on the, the normal in jeans. So it's like nothing crazy. Yeah. Uh, no one really like dresses, you know, up. I was like, every once in a while you see like, you know, someone with like a button up or whatnot, but it's very relaxed and very chilled out ultimately. And the company moved to Westloop because they wanted to get younger. Because back when they were in Oak Brook, it was like, you know, older people prefer to live like obviously further out in the suburbs and whatnot. So it was like convenient for them. So you still get like uh, an occasional person or like a good amount of people from like that old garb of McDonald's that like, you know, stuck around, but like they all are extremely open-minded and like, you know, have like really good leadership styles and like, you know, allow you to bring your true self to work or your authentic self to work. And so awesome. like, that's extremely encouraging. But then at the same time, like I said, it's one of those things where that's not, yeah, I, I don't want anyone to like, you know, come here on the internship process and like they run into one person that like, you know, might be less than ideal. And it's like, I thought everybody was great here. It's just like, like I said, granted, I would say like 95% of the people here are like all pretty cool, pretty great people. Awesome. What advice do you have for students who are preparing to enter the career field? I would say, um, Definitely take risks, and when you do take risks, be prepared for the outcomes that if, if it doesn't work out, don't be jaded and don't let that affect you too well, too much, actually, because it's one thing to, like, you know, bet on yourself, and I feel like it's uh, so easy to bet on yourself, and when it doesn't work out, be like, all right, well, damn, like, uh, this didn't work out. I should have just took, like, the easiest uh, route or the past path of least resistance, essentially. And it's like, there's something to be said about that, but then you never know what, like, you're capable of or, like, the type of person you are. And to be completely transparent, like, with, like, my current situation, I know that I bet on myself to, like, see if I can find, like, one, a role that's, like, something I'm extremely passionate about or that I feel like will really develop me into the person that I want to be and the leader that I want to be. And I know ultimately, like, it's kind of like one of those things where you have, like, a waiting game. And I was like, it hasn't happened as of yet. And it's not like, you know, there has been no instant gratification. But if anything, it has shown me, like, a lot of things that, like, you know, I feel that not only myself, but a lot of people also want to practice and preach. Whereas, like, everyone wants to say that they're, like, self-reliant or, like, they're resilient and whatnot. But until, like, tough moments come, you can't really practice that. And then at that point, it really shows you, like, you know, how reliant or like resilient you actually are. And I think that just throughout this whole process, it's been one of those things where it's very easy to throw yourself a pity party, but it's like, hey, like if it doesn't work out, you know, oh well, it's like it's gonna work out in the end. Like all things are gonna like, you know, all tough days are gonna end at some point and then it's gonna be a new day. And before you know it, you're right back on that horse and you know, still taking risks. So it's like take them taking control if you can obviously don't like you know do anything too like risky like no no, no jumping off bridges or anything but like uh ultimately making sure you do right by yourself and also be prepared for it to work out because when it works out then you feel vindicated but when it doesn't don't feel like you know jaded it's bound to happen and it's just like it's a gamble at the end of the day and you got more dice to roll so keep rolling that's an excellent perspective and advice cool 
All right. So at the end of this, we have five fun questions. Are you ready? Let's do it. What's your favorite kind of food, restaurant, or cuisine? You got everything you could possibly want to choose from up in Chicago. What do you dig? Ooh, between uh, Mexican and Italian. I'll say Mexican. Okay. Uh, what about the deep dish pizza? What about the Chicago-style pizza? I love it, but I was like, I, I actually was having this conversation with someone recently where I feel like so many people who are from like New York that work here at McDonald's, they just thought that because like we have deep dish pizza, that that's just like our pizza choice on like a, a weekly basis. And it's just like, it's good, but it's heavy. And it's just like, at that point, we don't want to be like, you know, the biggest city in the U.S. And I was like, that's how we, we would get there very quickly if like, you know, we ate deep dish pizza as much as a lot of people thought that we did. Gotcha. Um, let me ask you. Oh, Pequods. Have you been to Pequods? Yes, fantastic. All right, one second. One second. Okay, so a uh, little bit of technical difficulties. Back on now. Uh, Pequods. So you have eaten at Pequods? I have eaten at Pequods. Like it a lot. I definitely recommend. But not every week. Yeah, not every week. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay. Are there any books, movies, TV shows, podcasts that you've been enjoying recently that you'd like to recommend? Oh, I was like, oh, during the pandemic, ironically enough, like I felt like I never read enough, but it was like, you have all the time. So like I read 10 books over like the course of a year. And like, unfortunately, like I haven't been able to read as many just since like, you know, things have gotten back to normal. Mm -hmm. But one thing that, one book that I really liked was The Sun Always Rises. Uh, and I believe it's an Ernest Hemingway book. Yeah, I okay. recommend that. And then uh, not sure like how many people like have Max now because they keep like going through rebrands. But I like the second season of uh, White Lotus. Okay, really yeah, cool. just watch that. And like uh, I, I thought it was great, and I was like just really good writing it all together. And then like as for like podcasts, like I'm a big like football guy, so it's like I'm watching a lot of uh, football podcasts that are like a little too like in depth. So I was like, I won't recommend any of those because they're not as fun. But I will say that uh, my the people in my life are like you know also like comedy and whatnot. So it's like I still like a good Joe Rogan podcast. And I love Bill Burr, so and I'm sad that I missed the opportunity to see him. So I would definitely recommend like Bill Burr's podcast as well. You know, Rogan. Bill Burr or Burke? Burr. Okay, I don't know yeah, that. Yeah, Bill Burr uh, Monday Morning Podcast. Okay, writing this down. I love podcasts. Uh, all right. So, is there an area of technology that you're interested in learning about, uh, learning more about for personal or work? Yeah, I think that uh, currently I'm doing like a data analytics, like Google certification. So I'm trying to get a better understanding of just like the overall data field, because I feel like it's just like applicable to so many like uh, different career paths. And like, I feel like it's a good foundation just to one, not only put in like my like, you know, toolbox, but at the same time, I feel like it would just help me like really excel. And then uh, security is always like a, a hot topic. And I know just through taking a lot of uh, the security courses that I took with you, Tom, it's like it's ever growing and it's never going to be something that like cools down. I don't see in a foreseeable future. So unfortunately, yeah. Uh, what, what do you think you'd like to be doing five to 10 years from now? Five to 10 years from now, I'll, uh, I, I'll say five years from now, I would hope that like, uh, 
I'm some type of like people manager. Whereas like uh, I really do get like great pride out of like, you know, making sure that I help out teams and like other people and giving back because so many people have given to me. So I was like, I want to make sure that I can obviously pay that for it and give that to people as well. And I'm hoping that at that point, five to 10 years, five to 10 years uh, from now, or whenever that may happen, that like uh, I can, you know, give the most like authentic version of myself to them and then also make sure that I'm making sure they get to their dreams and like, you know, fulfill all the stuff that they're looking to do. Cool. And if you could retire today and do anything you want, money's no object, what would you be doing? I would travel a lot. I went to Italy for the first time. That was my first overseas uh, trip this last April. And it was a solo trip. So I, I went the whole nine. I stayed in hostels and went to uh, Venice, uh, Venice, Florence, Tuscany, Rome, and then like a small town right outside of Rome called Orvieto, where I like I took like buses and whatnot. And um, actually, I'll get that this room. But it was really sweet, and I was like, I definitely feel like uh, the perspectives that I gained out there was just like you know insurmountable, and I'm looking forward to traveling more. So, given the opportunity to retire tomorrow, I would be on a plane somewhere. Nice, awesome. All right, that is it. Thank you very much, Marquise. We appreciate having you. It's been a great, great talk. Likewise, Tom, stay in touch. And like I said, anybody that needs anything, please reach out to me on like LinkedIn or via Tom.